listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 38. I'm your host, Yelena Levin, and joining me are my co-hosts, Andrzej Pinter and Pontus Bokman. Всем привет! Sziasztok! Hey, son, hey, son. Andras is with us, but it's just barely. He His voice is, you know, almost... Uh, his voice almost left us forever. Almost um, impossible to understand. Dear Mr. Buckman, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Tell me, Andras, what have you been doing? Well, I have been traveling across Canada... And as you know, Canada is uh, believed to be a cold country, yeah. which it is during the winter. But that's not how I got this got into this situation. It's, it's um, um, I got a terrible cold before I left Hungary, and uh, I got on the plane to Canada, um, eight hour flight. And I'm not very fond of air conditioning, to be honest. No. A couple of years ago, I, I had an atypical pneumonia Oof. because of air conditioning. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, Louise, that's not very good. Thank God Jelena is back. Yeah. You sound you sound a little bit like Al Pacino. No, not Al Pacino. Is it Al Pacino? Yeah, Al Pacino, yeah. Yeah, Al Pacino, yeah. a little bit like Al I've never been uh, compared to Al Pacino before. So, if... If this is the price of of getting there, I don't mind. I don't mind. Sounding like Apocino, you you can take it. Uh, yeah, you can take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hoo ha! Say that. <laughs> yeah. Hoo ha! <laughs> oh, or great. I should I should have learned the the monologue, that monologue that we've already talked mm. about yeah, on the show. From, that the yeah. devil's monologue. I love that. That's monologue. right. The devil. Yeah. Who are you carrying those bricks for anyway? God. <laughs> Let me tell you something about God. Okay. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Welcome to the episode of the Al Pacino. Um... Yeah, it's Al Pacino and friends. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. the... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jelena, welcome back. Yeah. Oh, you weren't with you. us the last time. Yes, I'm terribly sorry. Mm. Um, the summer holidays kind of got on the way and uh, <laughs> we were in the middle of nowhere camping and enjoying nature so but i'm back now yeah you will have no idea what, what i'm talking about because you haven't listened to the the former episode yet so how are the squirrels how are the squirrels yeah the squirrels they're very squirrely <laughs> are they on our side already are they on our side yeah yeah i guess so good okay. well done well done then well done well done good good job Okay. <laughs> You'll find out soon enough. Okay, that's fine. Mm. All right. So it's it's very good to have you back, Yelena. Oh, it's very good to be back. I, I did miss you guys. Mm, we missed you too. Okay. There's too much love in the air. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna start singing in the, with with this voice. No. Um, love no. It is in the air. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so. What have you been up to, Pontus? Uh, well, I was on a funeral today. Uh, very cheerful. No, it's not very cheerful. It was uh, sad, but it was a nice service. Uh, it was good. It was uh, a friend of my father's. My father uh, 
uh, died a couple of years ago, and now he, one of his best friend uh, has died as well. So very sad, but it, I must say it was a very nice service. Uh, nothing about Jesus and God. Somebody mentioned heaven at one point, but I mean, what can you do? That's fine. It was it was great. It was I actually learned today that funerals can be a very positive thing, even though it's very very sad. I I, I have experienced that myself uh, last year. Uh, t- t- two of the people I knew died. One of the very clo- of good friends of mine, and both funerals were filled with love and like appreciation and sort of gratitude for the life of the people who who passed and then the people were kind of happy that they had them in their lives but also it was of course it was sad but it was like filled with love and Mm -hmm. that was really I, Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed that um and it's good because it wasn't like people of course were sad but they weren't concentrating on negatives no Good. Yeah. And the other thing is when 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 it's not all about God and Jesus, but it, it's actually about the deceased person. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the same thing can can apply to uh, weddings. Sometimes, mm. I have been to weddings where it was not actually about the uh, the bride or the groom, but it was about the, their connection to God. Their mm. how mm. God is watching and 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 Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, what did it's what does Jesus the, have to yeah. do with marriage at all? Yeah, so. that, that's a you know it takes away the focus from where it should be. Absolutely, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although with the funerals, Jesus ha- knows a lot about death, so yeah. that I have to give him. Yeah. yeah, it's a death cult, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, essentially, Jesus is zombie, and that was a yeah, a whole sure. exciting thing for the Halloween theme. Yeah. Jesus is a zombie. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good okay. name for a band, actually, a rock and roll band. Jesus is a zombie. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, that's Jesus fine. Is a, yeah. All right. So we should actually start a show. Yeah. Um, we have a few things lined up, like uh, an interview. Now that we mentioned zombies, the connection could be made with uh, vampires mm-hmm. since uh, we interviewed Ovidio Covacu. Mm-hmm who's from uh, Romania. For those who don't know, Transylvania is actually in Romania. Mm-hmm. We should point out that, that Ovidio is not a vampire as far as we can <laughs> As far as we could tell. Well, as and, far as we yes. know, we don't know. He might be. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but first, I believe there are going to be a lot of events in the coming week that we should talk about. Yes, we do have a lot of uh, events. I think it's 13 just for the coming week. We'll start on the 3rd of uh, of uh, September in Stockholm, where there's a social skeptics in the pub. On the 5th of September, Monday, there will be an event in London. That's a skeptics in the pub in London in Camden. Um, and the theme is everything you know about London is wrong with Matt Brown. And on the 6th, on uh, on a Tuesday, in Lund here in Sweden, I will be attending a talk by PJ Rosemark, who is uh, going to talk about manipulating our bodily perception. He is an illusionist and a mentalist, and he's going to show you us how uh, how uh, you can trick yourself into thinking that things are happening that are not happening. It's it's really good. Mm. On the same day, Tuesday, the sixth of uh, September, Nottingham will hold a Skeptics in the Pub event as well, with the title "Game of Clones." And the speaker is Catherine Wolf. And uh, sh- 
there will be some kind of a bonus talk as well, um, talking about a dinosaur exhibition uh, of exciting feathered dinosaurs. So I wonder if a close connection will be made uh, between clones and dead dinosaurs. But also on the same day, a talk will be given by Martin Williams on Chichester, Skeptics of the Pub, and the title is Parliament Limited, A Journey to the Dark Heart of British Politics. That is some kind of an edgy thing, I think. Uh, it's going to be it's gonna be quite controversial, I, I'm afraid. But if you like that kind of uh, uh, topics and uh, some debate, I think you should go along. On the 7th of September, there will be a few events in England again. So the... First one is Greenwich, uh, Skeptics in the Pub, and their theme will be Creating Paranormal Drama for Film and TV with Stephen Volk. Then there will be um, an Oxford Skeptics in the Pub, and it's um, going to be the talk uh, about the microbes within us and the grander view of life. And the third event of the day is High Wycombe Skeptics in the Pub, and it's just going to be the uh, pub social, so come along if you're free. The following day, on the 8th of September, on Thursday, uh, there will be three events as well. One is in Portsmouth, uh, called uh, Are We Discovering New Antibiotics Quickly Enough? by John Brawl. And my uh, guess is that no, we're probably not. So, very interesting. Uh, Haven't we reported on that, that talk before? Is I, it think, a... I think so. I think he's taking it on a tour and on the same day. Uh, the Greater Manchester uh, Skeptics are organizing in Salford, which is just outside of Manchester, something called GMOs Will Kill Us All by Miles Power. I hope it's not correct. Uh, in then in Barnsley, still on Thursday, um, there's a Skeptics in the pub called Cognitive Dissonance by Dr. Andrew Dean. And Cognitive Dissonance, of course, is when we manage to keep contradictory ideas in our heads at the same time and don't see that, that that's a problem. Yeah. And on Friday, the 9th of September, there are going to be two other talks. Uh, both of them are outside the UK. First of all, uh, La Razionale Alcoolica in Italy is back because it's September. They promised it would be back. Mm. So uh, the first event of the kind is in uh, Cuneo, which is up north in uh, Italy, and the topic is food supplements. The speaker is Dr. Eleonora Galmozzi. Um, it must be very interesting. Uh, lots of uh, food supplements are on the market. Uh, it's interesting to find out uh, whether they actually make sense. And we recently learned that Delft in the Netherlands is holding a monthly Skeptics in the Pub social event. And this time, it's on Friday the 9th of September. So go along, if you're around the area. All right. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Quite a lot of events uh, the, the next week. So, And dear listeners, just keep them coming. Uh, send us information about what you're organizing what events you have it would be very much appreciated you can follow us on twitter our handle is at espodcast underscore you you can email us our email address is info at the esp.eu 
You can find us online, um, and our website is theesp.eu. You can fill up the contact form over there, or you can uh, like us on Facebook, or you can leave us a review on iTunes if you yeah. wish. Yeah, yeah, with lots of stars, lots of stars, lots of stars, even six. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I wanted to mention briefly um, this piece of news that was brought to our attention by some of our listeners, but also we kind of spotted online. Um, Rolf Eric is dead, but he would like to get in touch with you. Ah, that's, yeah. That's the piece of news I wanted to talk about. So, uh, Norwegian TV program Folky Plisningen, the public enlightenment, apparently, that's how you translate it. Folk Plisningen. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> wants to test whether it is possible, with the help of Rolf Eric Akima, who died last year, to get in touch with Dead. Um, and he allegedly left um, an envelope, who, uh, who, uh, which he allegedly left an envelope with a letter that that's written in inside the envelope uh, that's locked in the safe. Nobody knows what's in it, and um, the TV channel made an appeal to, to the public at large who believe they can contact dead people to uh, get in touch with uh, the said Rolf Eric and ask him what was in an envelope because before he died, he died from cancer, he said he will reveal the content of a letter to person who tried to get in touch with him after he dies. Mm. And then obviously those psychics uh, should get in touch with him and then get in touch with the TV program and leave the answer. Now, the deadline is September 25th, so if you feel like you have the uh, paranormal and psychic abilities, you go right ahead and do it. And um, they will be broadcasting um, uh, an episode of this program on a th- Wednesday, the f- 5th of October, and announce the uh, entries and uh, answers of, from various people, and then they're going to open the letter that they kept in the safe and see if anybody guessed it. Mm. And then, once and for all, we can actually know whether people can talk to dead people. Absolutely. Alive people can talk to dead people. Yeah. What What if, what if he died and changed his mind? <laughs> and even if he's contacted, he doesn't want to tell you anything. <laughs> or he lied. Well, you don't have to give people excuses for why it doesn't work. You know, the, 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 there is an excuse from a previous case like this, and the excuse was we couldn't read what he had written because it was in a safe and it was dark in the safe, so we couldn't read what he had written. Well, anyway, we, we'll see. we're going to follow up on this because this is something that I know that the Norwegian skeptics are following. And uh, yeah, we, we're going to gonna follow up on that. It's interesting to see Definitely. what comes out of it. Yeah. The other, the other piece of news I wanted to mention, it's not really a piece of news per se, but um, it's an American evangelist called Benny Hinn, who apparently is on tour in Europe, out of all places. Mm-hmm. Um, he is one of those happy, clappy Christians who preaches the uh, prosperity gospel. And um, he's been around for years. I don't even know. How, I, I thought he's gone away, but he obviously hasn't. I've heard of him when, when I was living in Latvia and he would come and promise people all sorts of things as, as long as they contribute a certain percentage of their earnings to the church. Um, just the usual bullshit kind of thing. And now he's going to be, I know that he's definitely going to be in Manchester on the 13th and 14th of September. It would be great 
if people could like get together and sort of confront some of his followers or even himself on the stage i don't know how big the crowd's going to be but um yeah so he's coming to england I, I, i'm not sure how popular he's going to be here um mm. but um i feel a little bit uh similar about him as i do about this other guy what was the um Brian Clement yeah Brian Clement um just as big a charlatan um as anybody else mm. and um just wanted to uh, alert our fellow skeptics out there um if you're around the area to keep an eye um Interesting. Not sure what can be sure. Yeah, yeah. Not sure what can be actually done about it, uh, other than, like I said, confronting his followers or going to the actual event and maybe asking some tough questions in the yeah. middle of the mass, <laughs> which always is fun. Yeah, but try not to be bullies, guys. It's just not nice. No, it's easy to be the bad guy here. Yeah, it's very, very delicate balance. You need, you want to do something, but you don't want to be the bad guy, and you want want to put off people with your attitude the very people that you want to actually convince that what they see is not is not the real thing okay thanks very much Elena. shall we move on to our interview let's do that absolutely yeah on every other episode we interview someone who represents a skeptical organization group or project either from a certain european country or stretching across borders Today we have here with us Ovidio Kovacu, skeptical blogger and president of the Romanian Rationalist Society and host of the long-running podcast Skeptics in Romania. Ovidio, welcome to the show. Hi and welcome. Um, hello to everyone. <laughs> hello. Hi. 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 Welcome. First of all, I mentioned two organizations, but I used the English name for both, uh, to an organization and a podcast. Could you please... Do us the favor of uh, naming them in your own language. Oh, sure. So the podcast is called Skeptic in Romania. It basically means the same thing, Skeptics in Romania. Yeah. And the organization is called um, the Romanian Rationalist Society. The translation is Societatea Rationalista Romana. Mm, it always sounds much nicer in, in original. Uh, but I wouldn't even try. Well, actually, <laughs> to, to, make, to make that point there, we... We contract and we have the website. It's called Sock, Sockrat, like um, basically a short shortening of the sock and society and, and rat and rationalism. Mm -hmm. And the okay. point is to, to to make it give it close to to Socrates yeah. and the Socratic questioning method. Nice, nice, ah, very nice, clever, mm. clever. Okay, so there, there's this organization. What activities are there provided by this organization, Romanian well, rationalists? Um, not a lot. I, I do have to say, not not a lot. We uh, the actual um, the Romanian Rationalist Society is very recent in terms of actual um, existence. Only founded in uh, started functioning twenty thirteen, end of twenty thirteen. Um, the group itself, the podcast, is a bit more active. So we've been um, doing the pod podcast since twenty ten, and. Um, We have 130 episodes uh, published currently. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's that's uh, the big the big uh, thing there. Uh, our main, um, I mean, so for most of our existence, basically, we have not had an, an official uh, NGO umbrella. 
to to go uh, to go under. Uh, we've just been an informal people asking, talking, and doing a podcast and simply uh, discussing some topics. And uh, so that was our main, our main, our main output. Uh, since the organization came in, uh, we just use it to. I have used it actually to form a coalition. Um, and basically starting off a Facebook page who was sharing some information on health and trying to subtly um, put in some uh, some information that is also skeptical. So I've shared uh, things about vaccines mostly and, and the importance of vaccines, and just to make that clear. Um, and uh, <laughs> additionally, we've shared we've shared some information about how to judge scientific uh, evidence, uh, what is homeopathy, and and things of that nature. That uh, with our audience, it's currently up to six thousand likes. Um, seems to be uh, well targeted. Mostly, the audience is uh, is women in the childbearing age. So, very close to. Uh, being easily influenced into into various uh, non-scientific therapies, like mm-hmm. so. How how did you decide to to start a podcast, and how many are you in in involved in it? Yeah, so we started um, in 2010. We we saw that there's a skeptical conference in Budapest, uh, which is the nearest to to Bucharest <laughs> uh, that a skeptical cons- conference has been held. Uh, to our knowledge, so we decided to to have a, a road trip uh, up to Budapest and and participate, and got the tickets, got to meet people there, and um, you know discussed on the topics. So we um, we decided um, over over dinner at one at at one point to start something in Romania as well, and uh, basically that took the form of the podcast for the next uh, six years. Initially, there was um, four of us in the team and in the podcast. We managed to get uh, TV exposure in the first year uh, and basically debated the uh, highest proponent of um, pseudoscientific ideas on TV. Uh, you could say the result was mixed, <laughs> but we, we, we did do it. So we, we did have that, uh, that kind of visibility and uh, the... the um, show grew from that in, in some point and um, that so that was the four of us and then slowly uh, the team has been mixed so we've added uh, um, a woman also it was only three guys initially so we, we were sensitive to that and said listen we we need to get a, a lady voice in here um, so that change into th- uh, two guys and one girl that did most of the episodes for uh, the next three to four years and then we've added uh, another woman who is actually a doctor. Mm. Uh, she was very uh, helpful in, in discussing the actual medicine subjects, which are prevalent in, in, uh, in, the, in the show. The team is now basically four people, of which uh, three are a bit more active. Uh, the two ladies are taking over, which is nice. And, uh, and uh, I'm, <laughs> still, I'm still holding the, the banner of... Uh, um, Simply being the different voice now instead of a girl being the different voice, so that's 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 cool. Um, so that's that's mostly it. We are now a team of three or four, depending on on how much time people have to to join in. Um, I'm currently in London professionally, for professional reasons, that is, and um, 
it's a one of our members is in the US and it's hard to get the right timings on everything but we are we are meeting regularly or trying to meet up regularly and, and mm. still do the episode. Um what's uh, how many followers do you have uh, and um how many listeners roughly well do you think you have Well yeah we do have stats on that so our episodes are mostly uh, well the Facebook page has 2000 um um likes i guess and um our episodes are downloaded about 600 times per episode mm -hmm. that's pretty good yeah well uh it it hasn't been higher than that so mm -hmm. we're happy with with at least being uh, constant yeah and uh and, and that's fine and um we don't seem to have a lot of you know audience within the general public or we haven't found the right way to reach the general public but that's that's okay um mostly because our time investment is already um, limited as it is and getting to reach the the general audience would be probably a bigger time investment than that so it's problematic and the population of romania is it about 20 million people yeah that's that's the current so we we're, we are a niche and I, i do enjoy that do people in romania listen to podcasts quite regularly because i know uh for example comparing to england um there is a lot of people who do listen to various podcasts like i've got about 20 on my phone and uh, even if they don't listen to skeptic podcasts there are other things that if you know if you're interested in anything really so is that the thing that people do in romania or is it is it not as widespread to be honest when we launched we were basically the only podcast in romania uh excluding some uh, language language learning podcasts or mm -hmm. uh, cuts of shows that exist on radio yeah yeah which are then uh, put up online Um, now the the mass has grown a bit, but very very uh, slowly. So there's only a few of them. But to say that an independent, I could say that an independent podcast does not exist, uh, excluding us. That is, um, does not exist um, as an entity. So there's no podcast product production companies that do various topics, or it's nowhere near the the um, English language type. And I think that's mostly because Romania is still takes most of its media either online but not in audio form um, or on TV. I regularly start thinking about about how to to get more people listening to podcasts in Hungary because uh, even even in the skeptic community there are only a handful of people listening to skeptical podcasts in English uh, even though they do speak English they do understand English and um, Even Hungarian shows, there are a few um, uh, shows that that have a podcast. It's they are not very popular, and still people are walking on the street with earphones and headphones uh, on their ears, and that means they are listening to something on the go. And the question question remains: How can we be that 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 thing that they're actually listening to? And um, it's not easy to to figure out. It's it's a difficult thing. Yeah, I think the only the only possible ways for the medium. I think the medium is not very um, generous in terms of exposure the, as it is. Mm -hmm. Which you know it could be a good or a bad thing. I, I think the subjects we take on in the in the podcast are not always uh, easy, and we do try to challenge our audience as much as we challenge uh, um, you know the. The, the whole idea of what we're discussing. Um, so 
that is a bit a bit of the of that there's a bit of controversy around the subjects you could say however the, the there's also the fact that it's a long form medium and um what you're seeing people listen to is uh snacking right it's it's music it's uh, uh maybe a short uh, audio a short radio show things like that nobody i mean even audiobooks are not as popular anywhere as as they could be and of which I'm a big fan uh but they're not mm-hmm. as popular in the in the general audience as uh, as uh, either reading a book on on Kindle or on paper or uh watching a video and that explains you the book in in 5 minutes so the the, the medium itself is a bit uh less forgiving i do so one of our old ideas that we have not actually pushed into was um uh, skeptical in five minutes and that's basically taking one topic giving it um basically like a skeptoid type uh show mm-hmm. and simply giving it in five minutes giving the topic the a reasonable overview and then explaining why it's it's a it's a mistake to believe or it's not correct or there's this variation around what is true and what is not true around uh, about that subject and um we've done a few but actually we dis- we discovered that it's harder to do a 5 minute recording than it is to do a 1 hour discussion mm. yes mm, yeah 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 we've discovered that too <laughs> <laughs> about the romanian rationalist society uh, how did that start and and when when did it start well i i should mention that um one of our best collaborators and and one of the um well-known organization that also covers skeptical topics is the uh, Romanian um, Secular Humanist Association. And these are these are uh, our friends and partners. They have a bit more of clout within the within the country, uh, mostly because they've, they've been discussing separation of church and state and uh, some other, let's, uh, let's say, political less than scientific uh, questions. They also do some projects related to science. Basically, um, they have a calendar that is not a religious calendar, but a scientific calendar um, on on a large print format. Romania has, and I, I don't know if other countries uh, or Hungary does it, but Romania Romanians usually have a large print calendar of religious holidays, hmm. and that's very very common in in uh, especially in older people's homes. And the mm-hmm. same large print is has been done for for scientific uh, achievements, simply like you know, anniversary of walking on the moon, or uh, certain scientists were was born this yeah. day, or things like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is that is very um, popular. They they usually share it in schools, and they also do some contests where there's prizes. So they are certainly doing a bit more than us. I I will admit to that, um, and they have a bit more experience and probably some additional funds. We are. Um, just focusing on the podcast and um, uh, keeping the NGO as a way to go to the press when we want to go to the press and say this organization says this is wrong instead of being just a group of guys who are saying this is wrong. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So if I understand correctly, those two, yours and the Secular Humanist Society or Association, yeah. are the only organizations in Romania dealing with skepticism related issues and 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 uh, topics yes yes mostly so um was it a very careful choice not to go for the name skeptic 
in the name of your organization? Or, yes, uh, mostly because that brings the, oh, I'm skeptical about everything explanation. So we, mm-hmm. I, I, we try to stay away from, oh, but what, are you skeptical of being skeptical? And, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and that, I, I don't, we don't we didn't want to go into that. And there's, there's also some negative association with the word, I think, uh, because yep. you can be a conspiracy and call yourself a conspiracy theorist and call yourself a skeptic. So we didn't want any of that. So we tried to go with a positive word that is, uh, you know, something that people would want to aspire to, uh, being rational and being uh, generally thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. And, and that would make it, I think, make, makes it a bit more, um, more easy to, to digest in terms of when you see that uh, happening. Well, it's it's very hard not to agree with that. Um, actually, I just had a recent experience. Uh, have you ever heard about uh, the festival in Hungary called Siget? Yeah, sure. I did actually meet a few people from Romania there, and uh, I I told them about our upcoming interview. And uh, I was also interviewed by uh, one of the radio uh, channels in Hungary on on Siget. And the first question they asked me was whether I'm I can be skeptical about being skeptic. So it's it's absolutely a b- brilliant timing from from your side uh, to mention that. So the, the answer to that is this, that yes, we are. We always. I mean, at least I yeah. think I am. I hope I am. Uh, we are looking into the previous uh, assumptions we had and see if they're still true. Exactly. And that happens every day as, you know, scientific skepticism moves forward along with science. And if, if science shows something to be untrue, then current skeptics, which are, you know, don't take a former position simply on, on, on faith, will need to change their opinion. And that is simply something you have to do if you're, if you're ready for that mentally. Mm-hmm. Does that, in a way, make you uh, refrain from calling yourself a skeptic uh, in public, or, or it's it's not that strong that feeling of? Uh, it does not, but it, I, I don't need to define usually myself. I need I mm-hmm. simply I usually challenge the discussion, not the the you know what every person believes within the cool. discussion. So I, I you know if I have a discussion with a colleague about. Um, uh, Eastern medicine or some other uh, trope like that, I, I don't say, listen, I, I say, I, I don't think that's, you have enough evidence behind that. And, uh, you know, the, the what you're saying about acupuncture has been shown to not be true. But I don't say, listen, I'm a skeptic. So I think this is what you th- should think also. I, I simply say, the evidence doesn't show that you're what you're saying is true. And if you should look into that more carefully. Yeah. So I, I don't have a problem with naming myself a skeptic. I'm quite proud of the term, uh, but I do try to uh, first debate the the question, and then if if that you know grows into something, say, listen, this is why I believe that, and this is why this is mm-hmm. my uh, yeah, my uh, why my way of thinking and how it's structured. And that is called scientific skepticism, if you want to know. Yeah, and that's a that's a very rational approach. That's that's cool. Um, are there any um, groups in Romania that you're in contact with? Um, for example, is are there skeptics in the pub or, or similar? Uh, no, actually. So, in terms of that, Romania is a bit of a wild west, uh, and uh, <laughs> it's 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 encouraging and scary at the same time. Uh, so, why is that? Because what I see is we are 
in a pre-Carl Sagan era of scientific knowledge in Romania, or public scientific knowledge, I mean. Okay. And uh, we have started doing this in 2010 with the hope that at one point we will have someone take up the mantle of uh, explaining things to people in a, in a scientific way on TV or in a public forum and be, make us unnecessary. Um, so that was our hope at, at the time, and it hasn't happened yet, so we are trudging on. Um, uh, but I think Romania is, is, uh, has a bit of room for growth on that, so there's, I think there is interest, and I can tell you that I've seen interest and because I, I was invited to present at a TEDx um, um, meeting, uh, it was done in Cluj, one mm-hmm. of the youngest, uh, well, one of the main uh, student cities of Romania. And uh, t- the theme of TEDx was, uh, that specific TEDx session was myth-busting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the whole day was basically scientific skepticism about, about everything. Uh, or discussing some future, something coming from the, uh, in the future and putting it in a context where there's a myth and I'm the person on stage was supposed to break that myth mm-hmm. and, and explain, explain why he's, he's breaking that myth and wh- what, is, what science or what the future will bring that is breaking the, the myth. Cool. So that was a full fact, sold out auditorium of young people that were interested fantastic yeah, yeah. and uh, i was i was very happy to be there uh, randomly found on the internet but very happy to be there and uh, mm-hmm. so there is that sort of interest so so there is hope uh, for for romania to break out of this pre-sagan era and, and that is one of the that's why i said that we're we're uh, there's a lot of room to grow mm. which is scary and uh, exciting at the same time so the the question is if we the the ones who are let's say have been building this over time are capable and can um, involve ourselves in in growing that a bit more uh, and you know giving it some legs to to stand on um, or you know we'll we'll go back and say okay I have kids I have a wife I have my life I I I, I can hold out and let other people do it so that's where we are we're we're in a place where there's no actual constant meetups of skeptical people there's no skeptics in the pub and the only reaction to um to to pseudoscience is basically a facebook group and some some very few websites or blogs which of which i count myself around so, so how about you personally? How did you get involved in these? Uh, how did you break out of the pre-Sagan era? <laughs> well, I guess it comes along with my yeah, with basically understanding English and and uh, being exposed to some of the ideas around um, uh, basically the Skeptics Guide to the Universe and Skeptoid. I think I've discovered those before I've um, um, discovered. Um, uh, I mean, thought about doing anything myself. And um, also met some people who had similar interests. Similar, we had similar discussions around um, around that. I've had a bit of a exposure to medicine, you could say, with scientific medicine. I, I, my college was uh, physical therapy, and I think that basically helped me, you know, at least get the basics, very very basics, of there is no actual energy flowing you know, chi energy flowing. It's actually just <laughs> veins and uh, blood and everything. Uh, I had to draw a lot of uh, anatomy. So um, 
basically that put me on a path of thinking at least um, at least um, scientific scientifically you know at looking at the human body if not um, fully you know on, on everything and uh, slowly looked over yeah I usually re- used to respond to um, to forwarded emails with Snopes articles that that was the that was the earliest memory I have, annoying my colleagues that used to share things around. I said, no, actually, that's not true. Just stop it. <laughs> Typically annoying skeptic, right? Yes, yes, I, I did. I, <laughs> I did do that, yeah. And um, I do admit. <laughs> uh, but I, it, was, it wasn't a short, small group, so it's, it wasn't everyone in the company or anything. So, um, that was usually enjoyed. So, so then I gained some reputation on that and uh, looking over, looking, you know, just discussing that a bit and looking online on on the topics i've discovered podcasts and books and everything and um then i think it was 2009 when uh, michael Shermer was was having a conference in cluj and also having a layover in bucharest for about a day and uh, we organized a bit of a conference for him uh in that day poor guy uh was uh well, he, we were, you know, we were using up his time entirely, um, and uh, he had a, you know, had like I think it was at least a hundred people in the room discussing about Darwin and Darwin Day and everything like that. Uh, so that was also, you know, a bit of a exposure to, you could say, celebrities in the in the skeptical groups, um, and uh, since then, after that, I opened my blog and started uh, blogging. And then I got I got sued by a company. Oh, oh, <laughs> interesting. Tell us more about that. <laughs> In around 2010, I wrote a blog about uh, a colon cleaning company. They were selling um, some dust, uh, psylum husks, basically, and selling it under the pretense of detoxifying and, and all that. Oh yeah, the the favorite word of the century, detox. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So they were doing the tea talks and it was very, I mean, it was a lot of commercials everywhere. I, I was feeling a bit, you know, this is a bit too much, uh, too much of that. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't buy it or anything. I just looked into it and psylum husks, which they were using are very, uh, indeed useful for, for bulking up your, your, um, stools. Um, but they were using a specific, specific pseudoscientific claim of mucoid plaque. Now, you may not be aware of what that is, and you shouldn't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the warning. <laughs> so, mucoid plaque is basically um, basically the psylum husks that are mixed up in the body with water. And what happens is, um, I'm trying to be not very graphic, but what happens is when you do have a normal bowel movement, um, a very stringy bowel movement results... Uh, and and then you can it's basically you can it's basically a rope right so that's that's the thing it, it unites so hardly that it's basically a rope and what they say is that this mucoid plaque has been living in your body for years and it's toxins of course so there's people online showing their proudly displaying their mucoid plaques <sighs> on their um, next to their bowls uh, toilet bowls and um, saying that they're now rid of to- toxins. 
so I, I wrote a blog uh, supporting it as much as I could with the, with the data that was available. I also found a, a Romanian gastroenterologist doctor who said I've, who basically reacted to the same thing, actually. And uh, he said, I've done numerous uh, colonoscopies and I have never, ever met any residue on your colon. Uh, and basically, he was my strongest argument. Mm. There. There's no, there's no mm. such thing as residue on your colon. If there's residue, that is a problem. It's mm. a very big problem, and it's not going to be a serious problem. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that is, you know. So I did that. the The, the blog post was, was very popular uh, because you know the product was very popular, and this showed up as a as a critique. And because people were commenting and saying, listen, I used it, and it was, it's very good and all that, and why are you saying this is not good? Why didn't you try it? You know, typical stuff. And I said, okay, I'll do a, another one and explain a bit more about this and why it doesn't work and why it's what, you know, what does work about it and what doesn't work about it. And uh, at the end of the second article, I at one point discovered a comment from what was to be a lawyer, basically, of the company uh -oh. saying saying I have caused them um, commercial losses of a oh. hundred and they will sue me for a hundred thousand euros. Oh shit! Yeah, so uh, that uh, was a bit scary. <laughs> I, I managed to contact some lawyers. They said, "Listen, this is not going to fly at any point in time. You should not be not be not have any issues." But not I did nothing about the the posts themselves. And nothing more happened until WordPress, which I was I was hosted on, um, uh, sent me a um, a message saying, "Listen, we we receive these uh, court forms. What are you doing with this?" And I said, "Listen, I was anonymous at the time, so I didn't. They didn't know who I was." I said, "Listen, I I, I don't think they're right, and I think there's just just a, a punch in the mouth sort of thing, um, and I don't want to say who I am and come out and fight this." But if if there's no no way else to handle this, then I'll 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 do it. And they said, okay, do you know a lawyer in Romania? And I said, yes, I do. And they actually hired a lawyer I talked to uh, as as an advice. And for the next two years, the company uh, the company that was producing this and and WordPress were fighting in court about the the right to take either to find my IP address and I might identify me or to take down my posts. And of course they lost because that's not how things work. And, uh, but at the point when, when they, you know, the press, I mean, at one point, everyone in the blogosphere found out that, um, the company doing this, uh, this product was suing a blogger about because of criticizing, criticizing them. And that created a big support generally and telling them they're stupid uh, in, in terms of um, how they acted in the, in the public uh, arena. And uh, the support for, for me, even if I was anonymous, but basically um, it, it shored up a bit the, the idea that you can criticize companies. It doesn't matter, you know, you, you may try, you may be wrong, but if you, if you do a decent enough job of, uh, documenting your your thoughts, then then you shouldn't be sued for it. Uh, so that was uh, that was one thing, and we we did one win the trial. Yeah, WordPress received a four thousand dollar court fee. Uh, basically, that was all they wanted. There was nothing else. I mean, just the, the court fees were paid. There was no other damage to be paid. 
And the company um, basically is still working. They have a different product and they're still selling it. Well, it's not too sad because obviously you kind of won, but then the company still carries on doing what they did. Well, I mean, they weren't doing anything illegal. I, I do have to say they weren't doing anything illegal in terms of that. They were selling a product. And I just simply said, listen, this is you're wasting money and it's not it's not going to work the way you think it, it's going to work. And you should not be using it if if you're not you don't have I mean you should basically talk to a doctor if you have an actual issue, and also detox does not exist. They did they did uh, they did this basically the next year they did a, a new marketing campaign and uh, yeah. launched a few new products and so everyone forgot. Yeah, I I think this is this is a classical case of the the allegorical uh, rubber duck that uh, Randy exactly. keeps keeps telling uh, talking about. And uh, and then everyone else, we we shouldn't forget that that this is what we're gonna end up with. Um, they're gonna pop their head up, no matter what we do, um, somewhere else, and uh, give us another thing to fight against. <laughs> That's why it's so important to l- teach people how to think, not what to think. Yeah, it's uh, how many people are there in in your organization? Oh. Um... Um, seven. Seven. Oh, oh, great. So that's that's an organization where, um, in which most of the members are very active, right? So yeah, yeah, you can say that. Yeah. That's a very lucky situation in a way. But the thing is that you mentioned the European Skeptics Congress in Budapest as uh, one of the starting points, so to say, in your activity. But then you went on um, getting involved in the in. in in some international activities like uh, the 1023 campaign? That was part of the... Uh, I think that was one of the things that happened in Budapest uh, was the guys in... in, uh, in yeah, Marsh. Skeptics uh, had a presentation yeah, there yeah. and said, listen, we want to do this next year. Uh, yeah. So we were happy to join in on that. Mm-hmm. That actually had some good impact um, in the country, so it did raise a discussion. Um, not that... The press was there. We did a demonstration. We tried to explain, but it was freezing cold uh, in February in Romania. So, you know, hands freezing yeah. and overdosing and everything wasn't as uh, glamorous as it could be. I'm I'm pretty sure it wasn't as cold as in Antarctica, though. So Yes, mate. I, I, can, uh, I can submit to that, yeah. That was one guy doing that. Yeah. So it did. It did create a bit of a discussion in country. Uh, however, I am planning, and uh, this is advance warning for homeopaths if they're listening. Uh, <laughs> I am planning to do uh, something else. Basically, asking the the faculties of medicine in the country, which teach some uh, optional courses on on homeopathy, and I'm trying to build up a letter and uh, and uh, a bit of support from academics to um, to ask them to stop doing that uh, mm-hmm. based on the recent on the recent uh, studies that have shown that homeopathy is, is useless uh, so I'm, I'm trying to make that a point again and make it a bit uh, of a controversy uh, and, and have that discussion again within the country um, since I, I've also heard what Mark has been doing with uh, in his area with uh, financing homeopathy which doesn't happen in Romania happily but um, people are still spending their money unwisely and probably possibly in a risky way so and and the, actually what happens is that doctors uh, only doctors and pharmacists can uh, dispense homeopathic uh, treatments and it's basically diluting the quality of education 
so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to put up a, a fight against that. Cool. So you, could, could you could you build on the kind of a success that 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 campaign had back in 2011 in terms of outreach? Well, we yeah, we we have a website there. Uh, we have a page that is quite uh, quite liked. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I can't say we won <laughs> in any way. Uh, homeopathy, homeopathy is still very popular. Uh, but we did have, and at that point, we did have some official reactions to the from the Romanian uh, Homeopathy Association, which were, of course, entirely um, unscientific in terms of what they were saying. And basically, they actually put up a link, which which was the link to the defense uh, that was, you know, in in the UK, the same thing was happening, and um, the scientific committee on on on, on in, the, in the government was was putting up a decision on, on homeopathy and they put up a link, the the local Romanian homeopaths put up a link to their defense but I, I pointed out, listen, okay, that is your defense, however you did lose that particular discussion so you didn't, you know it, it's not a strong argument if you lost <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, but they don't disregard a, a small fact like that <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they didn't care much about that. So yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think uh, within the country, I've I've managed to actually bother the local homeopaths at one point. So anonymously, like I was before, I emailed um, you know most of the homeopaths I found online and tricked them and tricked them into uh, providing um, let's say uh, treatments to patients they never met. Uh, and one of the patients, which was, you know, I thought it was my my clincher case, was basically a person with tub- tuberculosis. Wow. So Romania is one of the biggest. It's number one in, in the EU in terms of cases of tuberculosis. And I said, listen, my uh, my brother has tuberculosis or my, my neighbor has tuberculosis, I think. And um, um, should his family take preventative uh, drugs? Which is something that is, you know, normally happening, and they they didn't answer the to the question should the family take preventative drugs. They answered to the question what should the person with tuberculosis do. And some of them actually said that before um, before antibiotics, uh, tuberculosis was was highly treatable with homeopathy, and now, but now it's legal to to say anything else except uh, antibiotics. Uh, and another person that actually gave me a a uh, treatment for tuberculosis um, didn't say anything about the actual drugs, you know, medicine, but gave me a treatment for tuberculosis and suggested that we avoid. Uh, I mean, the person avoids um, minty uh, toothpaste because that's <laughs> very important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so talking about spreading dangerous uh, health advice, uh, there was this guy, Brian Clement, that we've talked about uh, on the show before, and he was on a European tour lately. Was He, he was in in Romania, right? We, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to, um, to stop him in any way. I did see the people who he was involved with, and I, I followed up on that a bit. Um, it was, you know, it was normal. I mean, it was a conference, and I think maybe two hundred people in the room. But he was promoted by uh, raw living, various uh, areas of uh, pseudo uh, 
pseudoscience in the country and uh, he was promoted by those guys i mean popular chefs who have a, a raw tendency and also <laughs> dangerous uh, ideas about health yeah he wasn't uh, we didn't we didn't have a chance to organize properly and and stop him i asked um, marsh who organized this about the article in the daily mail that would have been published around the Brexit time. If it hadn't ha happened, uh, it would have been around then. Uh, but of course, since the Brexit happened, uh, that took over the, the yeah. Yeah. news headlines, so it didn't didn't matter anymore. And we didn't have something to point the actual journalists to. However, I will say they never, they never actually had any uh, press coverage. So mm -hmm. while we didn't didn't uh, go into you know fighting, saying listen, this guy should not be allowed to have a conference, which would have been difficult. There wasn't any a big adoption of uh, of any things he has said in the media, so there was none of that. Mm -hmm. The problem is it's it's not a new thing or it's not a, a rare thing. Mm -hmm. In in Romania, we have multiple people who who argue of for alternative treatments to cancer. Uh, some of them are actual professors, or I'm not sure if they're all medical doctors, but some are professors in some fields. And uh, they do this uh, this dance around actually saying that medicine has progressed and you know has been slowly getting better. And they do this, uh, oh, your your all sickness is basically because you're upset, or uh, you could. Heal yourself if you just think positive and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Stress. This is another one I've heard many times. Yeah, and stress. Yes. So, so this happens a lot, and it's very, you know, that is very common in in the conversation. And I do think it's dangerous uh, to people who actually believe it. But if, but it's mostly dangerous for people who are actually sick and, and are not taking the treatment. And, you know, they will pay the consequences of that. Um, unfortunately, there's no, there's, no, there's no good way to that. I think, I hope we will manage to, you know, at least counter some of them uh, over time. Mm -hmm. Though I, I'm not sure if the, if the best approach is to, to send out a press release saying this person is wrong. I'm not entirely sure if that's, that's the best way to do it. Um, Maybe I mean maybe you know another good way would to be was would be uh, going into a body mind spirit festival which actually exists and uh, present oh, something yeah, I've there. Heard about it. <laughs> yeah. Present something there as as a skeptical uh, uh, activism, you know, going into the lions then you could say, but since people are there, they will they will come in and listen so i like uh, the name uh richard saunders uses for those the mind body wallet festivals <laughs> yeah it is a mind body wallet thing I, we actually oh. so one of our funniest stories on the podcast as far as i'm concerned was i took one of my colleagues who was a very a very uh, serious girl and managed to not laugh the entire time um mm -hmm. and uh we said okay let's go to this body mind spirit thing and see what it's all about. Mm -hmm. I, I used to go alone, and I said, "Listen, guys, you got to come. At least come. At least come in and see what it's what is happening." And when I went alone, I saw these guys who were selling devices or you know courses to protect against, uh, I think, spiritual attacks or something. Uh, mm -hmm. That is one thing. But then we went to a guy who was uh, 
this discussing the DNA activation. Oh yeah, that results in a rebirth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, rebirth and all that. So, but the point was not. I mean, it's hard to translate at the same time and make it funny uh, in the same time. But the point was, he was saying some words, but the words did not belong together in the in a phrase, and you know nobody was interrupting him in the well he was there he was combining words from from um, uh, physics or uh, astrophysics uh, talking about stars and everything with uh, with words from general uh, oriental uh, oriental thinking mm-hmm. and all of that was a huge mishmash which didn't even make sense within his own logic, taken away from the fact that it didn't actually make sense in, in reality. Mm. But it's a word salad. The, the clincher was the end of it, where uh, the, he was selling courses for 600 euros to DNA activate and have success and all that. Mm-hmm. That's quantum biology for you. But, but uh, there, was, there was little, like, we, I mean, we, could, we couldn't have interrupted uh, the, the whole thing there, but it mm. does give me the idea that we could go there and say, listen, I want to present. Uh, I will pay the whatever fee is to present and simply listen, These the people around you, I mean, you may believe some of them, but they're not here to open your mind. They're here to open your wallet yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier um, vaccinations and, and also how quacks um, are giving health advice um, on this topic. Do you know the statistics about the um, compulsory vaccination in Romania and what is the state of vaccination? So I, I have, I've taken way, way too much time discussing vaccination, uh, unfortunately, and I, I'm a, a bit involved with the doctors discussing um, uh, vaccination uh, across Romania with some group, actual medical groups. So currently the, um, the, com- the vaccination coverage is around less than, well, I would say it's less than 85% for most of the diseases that we vaccinate for. And um, there's also a crisis around getting some vac- some vaccines to be available for vaccination. That that is, has been happening in the last year. Um, basically, I understand there's a production problem from the producer. However, um, there also Romania hasn't gotten its act together in terms of um, um, processes to order a big a big enough amount to last for longer so that, you know, I mean, even if you order a big amount of vaccines, you have to order a big enough amount. So the company gives you a priority saying, okay, these guys are buying a million doses. Let's uh, put them up to queue instead of buying a hundred thousand doses, which is okay. If we, if we have enough capacity, we'll get to you. Uh, so that's when, when there's a, there's a shortage, that's basically the the best idea to, to buy more. So you get a, a bit of a priority. And uh, Romania hasn't done that, so we are, we are facing constantly um, uh, vaccine ab- absence from from hospitals and, and offices, and that is also driving into the the uh, coverage, driving down the coverage. As a result, this year there's there've been um, two outbreaks of measles, um, actually neighboring Hungary in the in the area that is neighboring Hungary, not very close, but in the in the general area. And there's also a, has been an outbreak of mumps in, uh, uh, ironically, in one of the uh, counties that is uh, in which one of the most popular anti-vaccine doctors uh, operates. 
So uh, that is happening, and the, the stats are a bit worrying. However, Romania is looking at impro improving legislation. For the last year, there's been discussions about making vaccination compulsory for entering school. Um, mm. That is, you know, it's it's a big debate uh, if, if it sh should happen or not, or if it's a good idea or not, or if Romanians will actually accept it. Uh, but it, it is one of the the existing discussions in terms of uh, how, what, how that happens and um, yeah that's that's mostly around vaccination however there's also a, a group a big number of people who are taking advantage of people who don't want to vaccinate there's quite a lot about uh, health related and quite serious topics there but i can't let you go before we ask about vampires because <laughs> transylvania is in romania i understand and are there any other more light-hearted uh, superstitions like that well so vampires are fun and i think uh, they've been, <laughs> they've, they've, been uh, they've been undermined by the pop culture of uh, of hollywood movies well i'm sorry but can i just quickly mention one fantastic movie about vampires called what we did in the shadows <laughs> yes uh, yeah i know i know that one yeah. that's pretty awesome please note non-hollywood movie <laughs> agreed uh, so yeah, so the general pop culture has slowly moved on from vampires, I think, uh, or you know, uh, gotten them <laughs> to, to see them as a bit more childish than than they were, less scary. Um, Romanians have this. Um, I think it's common in Eastern Europe, and, and that would be interesting. The, the most harmless idea, pseudoscientific idea that I know, is this uh, idea that the draft will uh, will hurt you somehow. So basically, when you know you're in a room and there's a current of air moving fast, yeah. fast around you, uh, that's the draft, uh, mostly because some windows are open somewhere in the house, or uh, air conditioning is beating down your head. Uh, but that's that's a bit different. So if there's a draft, um, usually uh, the conclusion is you'll probably catch a cold, or you know. A backache or uh, various uh, joint aches it depends on what you, what problem you have, and it's probably caused by by the draft. Discussing with a Romanian, he will you know he will ask you to cover your windows, the edges of the windows, right? Uh, not not to you know to make the house more energy efficient, but because there's a draft. The the point is the draft will not not harm you in any way. It's just a moving movement of air. Uh, however, you know if you're uh, if you're in a certain uh, if you do have some sensibility to uh, cold uh, the cold the cold air or it's it's move, some movement of air that is basically adding uh, bringing in some pathogens then yeah you know you can't avoid that and uh, it will happen to give you a cold. I think we are um, we're gonna have to finish uh, very soon, sure. but first. Um, you did mention that you are based in London now? Yeah, for a few months, yeah. Oh, for a few months only. Uh, okay, are you planning to come to QED in October? That is a good question. I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. However, it may... may uh, I'm actually leave, going back in October. Uh, ah, bad that's timing. too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit of bad timing. I, I'm thinking about it, but uh, not sure if I can... It's basically the week before I leave. So I would I would name that the packing weekend. Ah, okay. So it's risky to If you haven't been if you haven't been to QED it's it's not only great fun but it's a great opportunity to socialize with uh with uh, skeptics 
from across Europe. Yeah, and all the speakers. I I, I do know, and I've we've actually um after after the congress in Budapest, we actually went to uh, Denkfest in Switzerland. Okay. Oh yeah, well I've heard of Denkfest. I think. Was it in English when you went? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, many of the talks were in English, but it was also uh, translated. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what about the the European Skeptics Congress? That's uh, in two thousand seventeen. Shall we meet there? <laughs> I I think so. Where's that? It's in Wroclaw, uh, in Poland, okay. very close to the to the Czech border. Yeah, that should be close enough, I guess. Yeah, I'll try to make that. So it would be great to meet up with you there. Yeah, cool. Um, and just before you go, can you tell uh, us and our listeners where can people find out uh, stuff about your work um, and quickly just future plans for the Romanian skeptic movement? Sure. Uh, well, uh, fortunately, all all our websites are in Romanian. We we uh, figure that English is covered. In terms of skeptics, so we we only focused on local language. Mm-hmm. So the podcast is um, is at www.sceptic. That's s c e p t i c i. dot r o. I will include that um, in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, my page for discussing vaccines and some health-related topics is called Healthy Romania Coalition. That is with another NGO. And um, our our uh, NGO is um, available at Socrat S O C R A T dot R O. Though that's not you know there's not a lot of, a lot of information there. We're working on it on the website. So our plans is to find our Sagan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good plan. Good that would plan. Be good. Yeah. Yeah. To find the, whomever that is and and push him into the limelight and uh, make. Uh, make him very popular that's a great plan i think that could be you <laughs> i don't have the credentials for that unfortunately but uh, ah, okay. on, on, on you know on emergency i'm i'm uh, i'm available but just the emergency backup plan not uh, not the first guy an emergency backup plan uh for someone who doesn't exist yet so <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. you know it's it's always good to have a plan so yeah yeah, it is. Indeed, yeah. Well, we wish you all the success with uh, with your plans and uh, I hope you'll manage to to grow a lot as a as a movement and as an organization and uh, definitely hope to meet up with you at some point somewhere in Europe. Cool. Thank you. Thank you all and thank you to wish your you listeners the for best. their interest. Yeah, thank you very much for 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 joining us. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Ovidio Kovacu. Bye bye. Bye bye. 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 Yeah, that's another country that we haven't really heard much about. No, um, it's interesting. Yeah. Up until this interview, right? Yeah. They were very, very active in the two, uh, 2011 homeopathy nothing in it campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how long ago I first heard about Ovidio. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted to do a second one uh, a year later. But uh, for some reason, there was no real international interest in in doing it again. So I I, I guess it was planned to be a one-off thing originally. Mm. But yeah. um, No, but it's very good to hear from from these uh, Eastern European countries where we normally don't hear too much about it we we 
and and we talked to them and we realized that they actually have a really active skeptical movement in those countries and it's really interesting yeah um i'm hoping to have on the next episode i'm hoping to be able to feature uh, two short interviews uh that i recorded on sigat festival Oh, good. good. Yeah. Hungary. And, yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, one of them is with a guy from Slovenia. And oh. he drew my attention to the Slovenian skeptics. And I found their website. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to be able to contact them as well. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, it would be nice to hear from Ukrainian skeptics, Slovakian skeptics. Uh, because we know about the Czech and the Polish skeptics, but uh, people from Serbia as well, people from Croatia, please get in contact if you're listening to this. Uh, we would love to love to hear about you. Absolutely. Because um, uh, Eastern and Central Europe is is hugely underrepresented in the international skeptic uh, community, and uh, we would like to change that. Yeah. I think this wraps up our show. Yep. It's unbelievable that it's at the 38th episode. Mm. It's just, I, I don't believe it. We're nowhere, nowhere near the, the, the great podcasters that we admire the work of so much. Um, but but still, now I'm, I'm starting to feel that we are enduring here. Absolutely. I could not live one week without this uh, ESP experience. Same. Yes. <laughs> Same here. I'm just trying not to lose my voice mm -hmm. so that I can actually do it. Take care. Yeah, take so care before Andras dies, maybe it's time to close the show. Yes, <laughs> it is. And tomorrow I'm off to Madeira. Work-related, guys. Yeah, you make it sound like a bad thing. You're just going to lie on a beach yeah. somewhere and, and just enjoy life with a drink, with a little umbrella in it, and, you know, it's fine. You just make me yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Hungarian. I like whining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, thank you very much for joining me or me joining you guys, or I don't know. Um, but uh, it's been a pleasure again. Absolutely. Indeed, it has. And until next week, goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Frab and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>
Guys, do you want to do that? <laughs> oh my Who god, wants somebody to do it? else Who has wants to do it? Do it? <laughs> oh my god, somebody else has to <laughs> It's hilarious, I'm sorry. This is episode number 38. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm not your host, though. That's no. <laughs> you're a host. You're a host. You're a, host. Yes, yes. You're a hostess. Yeah. Okay. You're... So, so should no. I say I'm your no, host? No, you're a host. You're not a hostess. You're a host. Okay. Just, just say it. And joining me for the show are my ho co host. Um... <laughs> say, say it again, please. <laughs> It's harder than you I think, isn't it? Oh my god, oh, okay. Всем привет. Hey, Sanadeok. I'm sorry. We just have to go with it. Go along if you're around the area. <laughs> Very threatening. <laughs> or go else. along or else. Or else. Or else. Or else. Yeah. Or else. <laughs> You will regret even that you were born. <laughs>